1: Aloha. Hello and welcome. We are back from the baller lifestyle.com. It's the baller lifestyle podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you for joining us. Episode 400. One of the show. I appreciate your patronage, especially if you are one of the people that subscribes to our premium content, which you can do via the link in the show notes at redcircle.com. Go there and subscribe. And for $5, you get all the premium content we do here, including the entire movie review we're about to do without any commercial interruptions. No commercials, all the bonus content that we do each and every week delivered to your feed right there via redcircle.com. Click the link in your show notes or go to theballerlifestyle.com and click the link at the top of the page. You can subscribe for $5 a month or $50 a year. I appreciate you if you do that. Also, uh, if you if you hear something today that you would like to discuss or hear us discuss, send us an email, mailbag at com, or you can leave us a voicemail, 949-464. Drop my mechanical pencil. 949-464-TBLS8257, toying with the idea of taking... Possibly taking some live calls next week, maybe via Instagram Live, I'm not sure. But it's it's we're getting we're closing in on the end of the year, and people were excited about our four hundredth episode. Now we're into our four hundred and first episode and just you know, a few special things coming up. I am joined now, as I am each and every week by Ed Daly. Ed, how are you, buddy?
2: I'm doing well. I was just thinking live calls. It's a shame we won't get Manuel because he would have to listen to this segment. I know. I know. To I know. don't. <laughs> I, d- yes. You,
1: know, you need,
2: you need to be listening to the show to know about this live call in segment.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to get too into the weeds, so to speak, but I did read this week. Remember when Manuel called in and he was nonsensical, as he is often about there being odor and odor in the city of Carson, California. And I just assumed he was, he just didn't like that place. And he thought it smelled bad there because there's a refinery. But then, then I, then members of my family, my girlfriend, people I knew drove through Carson. I drove through Carson and I was like, well, no, there is a smell here. And it turns out they just this week determined the cause of the smell. Which is, which is very exciting. And I, that's something we could share with Manuel. We uh, could discuss that, that, that was, cause that week? was a big issue in his life.
3: So
2: teaser, we're going to find out the cause of the smell next week.
1: Well, I mean, I could tell you, but if maybe I'll save it, maybe I'll save, save it. it. Maybe Manuel will and tell it, us.
2: Yeah. If he listens to the show, he'll, he'll call in and tell us.
1: Yeah. I don't, I mean, he calls every sports talk radio show in Los Angeles and he also calls this show, but the difference is I think he actually listens to those sports talk radio shows, whereas this show he just calls. Uh,
2: yeah, right. Yeah. He, lis- he has to listen. When it's a live radio show, you have to listen. Here, he just l- lobs in the call and then, you know, you know have yeah. they say, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, he does not. Yeah, um, it's. Yes. So I I've got something else to say but I would prefer we bring we we do the next introduction before my other part of what I
1: have to say. I agree with you. I he's muted himself. I don't know if he's done that on purpose, but I'm just looking here at the at the recording software and it seems his it's, his microphone has a line through it. That's could be part of so the will course. Say, yeah.
2: I you know, the the few people in my real life who listen to the show yeah. And it's it's very few, including no, not not my wife. But uh, um, they love him. He's he's a slam dunk. Everybody loves Jace do.
1: They really do. He's uh, he's a unique person. If you li- if you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard him here many times. If you listen to Los Angeles, nay, National Sports Talk Radio. Of course, you know who he is. If you listen to. At the show he and I do together, The Bachelor Lifestyle, which for some reason, you know, it used to come on this feed and I don't, I don't want to belabor this, but it used to come on this feed and then I separated it out. So it's delivered on its own feed, The Bachelor Lifestyle. And for some reason, Apple podcast was not allowing you to search for it. It's I feel I've what? been shadow banned. Yes, I feel I've been shadow banned. I feel like they have decided that my content is too controversial. My Bachelor wow. takes are so too- if I try to find it, I can't- try, Google it right now, and you'll only see the Bachelor lifestyle. Google it, or the, the Baller lifestyle. That's the show we're doing right now. If you, go, if you go to your Apple Podcasts app and you look up the Bachelor lifestyle, you'll only see the Baller lifestyle, not the Bachelor lifestyle, featuring myself and guest, or this week's guest, Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you, buddy?
3: Hello, everybody.
1: Hey, buddy. Yeah.
3: How's so, it going? Um, me having my um, computer on mute. That's just respectful to you guys. Yes, I don't need any yes. train whistles or dog sounds or anything I, to interrupt cool. your wonderful.
2: Yeah.
1: Weapon. No, it's great.
3: That's that's very
2: respectful. But we we gave an honest, uh, loving introduction there.
1: Yeah. No, it's good. Do you live? Do you live near a train depot, Jason?
3: Yeah. Yeah. We recently moved. I'm near a train. It uh, comes by every once in a while, but you know, I've, I've closed the windows, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Now, you get used I to have, that. I have some questions. Yeah, uh, some questions, and one. But one big question. Tell me. Um, I heard you guys. Um, you know, last I never miss an episode, so last week I heard That's you guys. That's not
1: you never listen.
3: <laughs> I heard you guys promote the holiday schedule, and that you've uh, confirmed Travis Rogers. You know, through his publicist. And yep. he's going to be in the urine He's going to be in the urine review. That's right. He's and done. A, he's thinking, done a couple now. Yep. Yeah. But I'm th- but for this urine review, are you, do you guys all take a, sa- a urine sample and then you guys share the results of the urine sample for the urine review?
1: Don't. Then is Ed, you- Ed, don't humor. Don't humor. Him. You you know what's worse about that joke? Is that last night when we recorded The Bachelor Lifestyle, he did that joke to me off the air. He thinks it's so funny. He's like, hey, you're having Travis on the urine review. Does he he just pee in a cup and bring it over? And I'm just like, and then I had forgotten about it. And so when he started to do it right now, it actually came as a surprise that he did that joke again. I had blocked it out of my mind.
2: You you figured after that that first time it didn't really land, you would think yeah. there wouldn't be a second attempt right. at that joke. And sure enough, he plowed ahead.
1: But, but so, that's his, that's Jason's thing. You know, he does his power rankings on Twitter every month and he does. And the first of every month he goes, he says, um, "Wow, can't yeah. believe it's October. <laughs> yeah. 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 That person in your life that doesn't understand the, well, <laughs> the passage he, of time. He's got another he's got one.
2: A big one coming up. Year end is going to be a big one.
1: Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's huge. Yes. That's that's big. He's got another one. He does that. I saw him do this week that never gets old. And he goes, he goes like this. He goes, it won't show up in the stat sheet, but Cooper cup had eight receptions for 129 yards this week. (laughs) Never gets old.
2: It doesn't. (laughs) Um, So I thought it would be good for Jason to be on. I'm going to call a little audible. That is not what our main topic is, but
1: oh no, oh no, this has not been discussed
2: <laughs> I'm gonna throw this at you and I think it'll be funny with with Jason okay. so I as as I've told you many times, and really I've got about two episodes left to promote it before Christmas, but my book the Christmas, the Christmas book, book um I've been promoting the hell out of it and That's I've right. been on lots of shows I was on a cool show this last week, and for a lot of listeners that are of our uh, similar age. It's called the 1980s Now podcast. And they talk about like all these 80s related things. And they have like real guests that are famous. And then they had me on, which was right. kind of funny. They had like Ernie Hudson. They have the mom oh, from yeah. E.T. Winston
1: Zedmore. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Winston Zedmore They have the mom from E.T. Um, They have like real guests. And then they're like, and here's Ed Daly. And it was very nice of them to have. That's but awesome. But we discussed... We discussed uh, 80s Christmas songs. So, you know, I brought up the Pogues. I brought up um, Run DMC. But there was a song that, like, I mean, I've I've spent my childhood decidedly not listening to New Kids on the Block. But I thought if you can find that and play it, it it's one of the worst things I've ever heard.
1: There's it's a new kids last,
2: last last night. I saw Santa Claus, 1989, New Kids on the Block.
1: Well, I can look that up last <laughs>
2: night, and it is. I, I mean, we we did a whole delightful show. Was it last year or the year before
3: we did? That was um, fun. What, Band-aid? Was, band Aid,
2: not Band Aid. Is Christmas it Band Aid? Yeah,
3: yeah Band-Aid. we did. We started out with Band Aid, but then we just went into the the greatest Christmas songs of all time, and we did. It was but very was, educational for me. I. I created a Christmas list from that podcast of songs that I I had not been a fan of, that I've since become big fans of.
1: Oh, interesting!
3: You like the the Pogues one, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: "Fairytale of New York." Uh, Okay, are you ready?
2: (laughs) I mean, just be prepared.
0: I hope everybody having a merry Christmas.
2: This is Wahlberg.
1: Oh, who's that? This is Wahlberg. He's he's like playing like a a Bruce like role. Well, he's, I mean, I, he sounds like Bernie Mac. He's doing he's doing yeah, black he's, voice. He's
2: doing like a he's doing like a James Brown affectation. Oh, it, it's bad. I mean, he's he's
1: doing what Dan Aykroyd did late in this movie. We're about to watch. Yes, that makes it that makes it hard to find on streaming. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're not allowed <laughs> to do this anymore. OK, let's, right. let's hear some more. Yeah. Hi! Whoa. In disguise, yo. He had a pussy, white beard, and a big black boots I mean, this is the first, right? Okay, hold on, hold on. I gotta say something right now. So far, I don't hate it. What? I'm kind of getting into it. I'm kind of getting into it. I don't like... <laughs> this is the worst ba- thing I've ever heard. It's bad, it's, but it's, it's also but it- good
3: it sounds like they were just like, you know what? We have all these fans right now. Let's see if we could do something that anybody would hate and our fans will still buy it. Like yeah. this is a yeah, like, joke of a song.
0: This hold is the on. heat
3: check.
2: This
1: is to yeah. see
3: like, well, how yeah. hot are we right now?
1: Okay. Hold on. Let's. I need to hear it again. Some more. Oh. Check this out. Yeah. Okay, I got to be honest. The they kind of lose me on the chorus. I, I, I'm not
2: what I said. What I said to the the uh, the fine uh, gentleman and lady on the podcast is, I think they heard Money Moni and they're like, let's make Money Moni and turn it into a Christmas song.
1: It kind of does have that Moni Moni vibe. Okay, that, hold on.
2: it has that yeah. vibe, like a 50s. Yes. But like, what is Wahlberg doing with his voice? He's trying to be I, James no, Brown.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. That's and
2: a little bit Bruce, like a little bit like that, like. But this is Backstreet Boys. What what, yeah. what were they doing?
1: No, this is it's, new kids. Don't don't sully yeah, the name of back the Backstreet man. Boys.
3: Oh, it's not on you're brand. Kidding. It it's not on brand. Mm-hmm. This is like it doesn't sound anything like what they've done.
1: That, that's what's really yeah, weird the about worst, this one, right? I mean, yeah, horrible. it is the worst. Hold on horrible. a second. Let's play some. <laughs> See, the y'alls are really, like, he's really trying to sell it a little bit too hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, you know, like Justin Trudeau would probably approve of this. Justin Trudeau probably (laughs) went to a party and sang this song.
3: In his Aladdin costume? Yes. It sounds like he's trying to appeal to a black man in 1991. Like, when you would just like throw those words out at the end just to like right. sound cool y'all yeah
1: he's yes
3: boy <laughs> yes but when you guys are done with this new kid song i have i have this totally sparked oh. a uh, a bit for me oh
1: uh, okay we could be I'll.
3: we could be done anytime Brian, is well. hold
1: on i never it also was a star now. look at here look him hey! look at here this is I asked my mom. Yeah. this guy's from Boston.
2: Yeah, and when he's my start- brother beat up a gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: wow, yeah, it's wow. tough. You know, I saw Joey McIntyre recently in a like a picture, and he's not that much older than I am, and he's he's gone real hard. He's gotten the facelift. He's gotten he's gotten. F- Fillers and Botox. It's a tough dyed hair. It's a tough look. If, uh, if, if we Joey
2: McIntyre walked into my home, I'd be like, uh, "Can I help you?" Like you know, you, you
1: know, you, know? you you'd know him. You'd know if you saw him. the. I don't, um, I don't
2: know if I would.
1: The they're playing. By the way, the new kids on the block are on tour. If you want to go see them in the month of May, doesn't Which look makes,
3: like it makes sense because there's a thirst for retro really bands there really and there's is. a lot of housewives right now who would, who would pay to see that get that's away true. from the kids
1: that's true
3: um but i was uh i was exposed to a song the other day okay and this is a band that um i actually uh like i there's a you know there's no less than 10 songs that i like ab- from this band um it came out of the cold play kind of genre Oof. you guys remember snow patrol
1: oh yeah they're from scotland
3: yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah I saw him live once. I was pretty into him. I never heard this one. If you call this song up, dude, uh, it's called when I get home from Christmas and it really gets you with their guitar riff. Like I haven't even listened into the lyrics yet, but it's a really good alternative Christmas song just from the uh, from the opening riff.
1: Now, this this guy used to get balls deep with uh, Courtney Cox, did he not? Was he they were married? Oh, is that him? I think I've so.
2: Actually, seen Snow Patrol live in London. Um, they did a free concert in Hyde Park right before the 2012 Olympics, and it was yep. like, the, and the headliner was Duran Duran, which was yes, awesome. But of course. Snow Patrol, I think, was like the lead up to them. So
1: we were big Snow at before. the time. Uh, Jason Stewart, drink check. Are you still drinking White Russians during the podcast?
3: No, I'm we'll doing Lepowski. a. Uh, yeah, I'm. D- I'm doing a. Um, What do you call those things now? Uh, Brass cup.
1: I'm doing a Moscow mule. Moscow uh, mule. Mule. I'm
3: doing a mule. I'm doing a mule for this one. No, that's great. But have you been able to call it up?
1: I called it up. I called it up, and I'm going to play it right now. Can we please stop with the with the what?
3: New
2: kids.
1: Oh yeah, that's over. little distortion Not, not often you hear distortion in a Christmas song oh shades of U2 not a compliment
0: oh man this is
1: very derivative It's also got that '90s Bush thing where he's where he's like revving up the guitar, and you think they're gonna like rock, and but then he just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. You're like, hey, wait, how come they gave the drummer the week off? Oh, there he is. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay. It's the same thing over and over again.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's I like the- it. I like it.
1: Yeah.
2: They're it's, getting ready for the big part, uh, and then oh, they don't they don't do the big part.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's very of a time. It's very derivative of you two. Again. Not a compliment. But you know, these bands, they do these Christmas songs because they all want to get into that Mariah Carey money. They yeah. you know, if if you do one. It could be the one that gets played every year.
3: It right. just went um, – uh, her song just went diamond. Did you right. hear about that? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty big deal.
1: It's a lot. So a, One, uh,
2: one yeah. thing I, I learned uh, from researching my book is like the amount of songs that are now in the public domain that if you hear an artist doing the songs, like the, the very old traditional songs because yep. it's free, it's usually someone who was just cleaned out in a divorce. Yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean, because it's free. So it's like Willie Nelson has had several bankruptcies, whether it's a divorce or some other issue. Yes, yeah. Like, well, I can sing a little town of Bethlehem and get paid for it, and I don't have to owe anybody money for the. You just have to perform it yourself.
1: That's it. Uh, Yeah. Well, that's isn't that a movie we discussed a couple Christmases ago? Here that Jason loves. Love oh, Actually. Love, Love
3: Actually is a great. That's great, I just saw it the other day.
1: One of the movie. one of the storylines in Love Actually, which is a movie I don't mind either. It's actually kind of good.
3: Yeah,
2: I, I think it's
1: out. Yeah the uh, the the Bill Nye character is like trying to revive his career. Right. I don't know if he's made a Christmas album, but it it tracks because it's during Christmas time.
3: Well, it's like it's his stairway to heaven, and he just yeah. throws in Christmas in
1: a yes. lyric, and it yes. just well, changes, you know yeah
3: cheap cheap trick did this
2: you know i i want you to want me they did a version of this i'm assuming they had financial woes they did i want you for christmas they did like they took the same song same song yeah you gotta check that one out i want you for christmas
3: cheap trick and it's like hold on what are you guys doing i want well uh well brian does that i i'm I'm right now on the uh, Amazon page for the Christmas book, The Ultimate Guide to Your Favorite Holiday. Oh,
1: yeah, by Ed Daly? And, uh,
3: yeah. And the the good news is that it's uh, Kindle Unlimited. My girlfriend and I love ourselves some uh, Kindle Unlimited. So give, but, us, give it a shot. Yeah. But it's not an audio book yet.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Jason. It J- really yes. works,
3: works against my yes. consumption.
1: Yes, because you're – you are a, a very avid reader. Everybody knows this about you, okay. Jay Stu. In, in you, quotes, right? Yeah, he he loves to read, he'll tell you, if the book is in a podcast form.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm a hybrid reader or listener.
1: That's how he yeah. reads. He reads while commuting to work, and you're like, well, how do you do that? It's because it's somebody has read the book, is reading the book to him. Like, like a kindergartner, <laughs> <laughs> but then, which is fine, which is fine. It's a, it's a good sure. way to consume information, but you can't tell people, oh, I read that book.
2: Yeah. I listened to that book.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which is fine, but it's different. It's, it's an easier right. point of entry to, to listen to a book than read it.
3: Who's the model on the, on the cover? Is that Jenny McCarthy? That's Mariah, Mariah and Scrooge. Oh, okay.
2: It's a it's a oh, Norman Rockwell it's a Norman Rockwell yeah. painting, except I changed the husband to Scrooge and the the wife to Mariah Carey.
1: Are you gonna get sued for that? Can you do that? Yeah. Okay. If is I that get, fair use? If I get sued, it the best thing ever
2: means I have yeah, it means I've yeah. done very well and I'll yeah. just have to change the image.
1: Yeah, that's great. Right? I hope you get sued. Yeah.
2: I'm poking okay. the bear a little bit. Yeah.
1: oh this is this is horrible
2: but the original i i like the original song
1: of course cheap trick is awesome yeah oh my god and talk about disturbing the video is marionettes of the band Uh nothing scarier than marionettes
2: of course that's the worst
1: Oh, There's like a little horniness There's like an elf that kind of shows her butt And the marionette Robin Xander Is trying to hit it This is insane It's a great song And they, they just jammed
2: in Christmas It's insane They must Unbelievable have had, They must have had a horrible meeting with the Academy yeah.
1: Yep
0: It's
1: so And it's so bad that they didn't put their actual faces in the video. No, They're like, "We're not, we're, we're not showing up for this. L- this is embarrassing." Live at
2: Budokan, it is not right.
1: <laughs> uh, well, good submissions all the way around. Any other Christmas songs we need to discuss? No, no, no.
2: I thought I thought that was uh, just. I thought it would be good to have Jason on where we discuss. Yeah, the, uh, no, he's he's on the block.
1: He's good for that. I like that too. Um, so we're talking. So this week. We're discussing trading places, which I recalled as a child, I remember the Mad Magazine. Yeah. You know, they would do movie satires. And How in, good I, was
2: Mad Magazine as a kid? So
1: good. So good. And in like the, the in best. the in the Mad Magazine parody of Trading Places, it was called Trading Races. <laughs> which is <laughs>
3: Exactly right. Yes, it it's is. really,
1: and this is in 1983. You know, it's like shit has not changed. Um, let's let's play the trailer, and then uh, and then we'll talk about it because it's had I had not seen it in a long time, and it was it was a good watch.
3: Dan Aykroyd.
1: This man is physically threatening me.
3: And Eddie Murphy.
1: By Oh! Bad! trading places. Find out. I'm, I'm going
3: to get to the bottom of this. This is
1: about a great, great escape It
0: looks just like the dude that had me busted.
1: It was good
0: joke? It was not jokes.
1: You're a dead man, Valentine!
3: Dan Aykroyd. Eddie Murphy. Billy Ray Valentine. Capricorn. Trading places coming this summer to a theater or drive-in. Summer near you. release. Now
1: sell 200 April 142. So this movie, like I said, came out in 1983. Of course it was a massive, massive hit. This is Eddie Murphy really has. And with good reason, because he's an immense talent had one of the most meteoric show business rises. I think that has ever,
2: he's got to be really young in this too, right? 22. And he's, already, and he's an established, like, yeah, weight.
1: he's, this is his second movie. So he's was, he's a, he's a stand-up comic. He gets cast on Saturday night live at 19. And he's from, like
2: the, by far the star of that show.
1: Yes. And it's when, that it's when they fired everybody and brought in, Don Olmeyer to produce right. it. And so it was like him and Piscopo. It was just like a hold at Tim Kazarinsky, Julia, Louis Dreyfus. Like, it was just like a weird time for that show. But he, he was, a, it just had a meteoric rise. He gets cast off of that at 21 years old or 20 years old in 48 hours which is a fuck, just crazy. That's the first movie the guy's in. It's a massive hit. He and Nick Nolte. Mm -hmm. And then he follows it up with this trading places, which just made him a superstar. And then he moved on from there to do the Beverly Hills cop trilogy. And it was just fucking over. The guy was the biggest fucking star in the world. And if you watch this movie, you see why, because he's just so fucking charismatic and talented you just i mean we we all know that but it's that's the thing about eddie murphy is it's he's so good and everyone knows he's so good but he you go back and look at his early work he's almost underrated you almost forget the reason that this guy was such a fucking mega movie star at least i did
2: yeah i i I mean this really i i I revisited more than you have, but I this this might be like top five for me. This is this is
3: a great movie. Top five what? Movie. Movie. I I love top five movie of all time for me. Jason. Holy crap, Ed. Yeah. This is Um, one of my favorite movies.
1: It's yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
3: That's that's amazing to me. Um you know what I did I don't know how I did it, but I did some research into the uh week that this movie opened and it's like The movies that were out at that time, it's like a freaking um, catalog of my HBO watching in the early to mid-80s. So, uh, Star Wars, uh, the sixth episode, Return of the Jedi, was out for three weeks when this came out. Uh, Octopussy came out the same weekend. Psycho 2, War Games, Flashdance, Blue Thunder, Tootsie... And our, our movie that we did, we did Valley Girl. Valley Girl was out
2: Classic. at this point.
1: Classic. um why, Yeah, it's just a murderer's row.
2: But except for Psycho 2.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Psycho 2. And I, I got to admit, I don't think I've ever seen Tootsie.
2: I've seen Tootsie, but it, yeah, it's famous and all, but like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is Terry Gar like, in that? That's back Terry when Terry Gar. Gar was in everything.
3: It yeah. it won it won the Oscar, so uh, it's been I out twenty six yeah, weeks.
1: So yeah. did dances. So did dances with wolves.
2: Right over Goodfellas.
1: Over Goodfellas. Uh, so Trading Places came out nineteen eighty three. But your point is well taken, Jason. Do, Trading Places is a nineteen eighty three American comedy film directed by John Landis. He also did the Blues Brothers. He did. He directed many movies. His his. He did American Werewolf in London, of course. Things took a turn for him when he murdered Jennifer Jason Lee's dad and a couple kids on the Twilight Zone yeah. movie.
2: The, the the evil coach from Bad News Bears, Vic Morrow.
1: Yes, Vic Morrow. Um on it, the Twilight Zone? Yeah, with a with a with a spinning okay. helicopter blade. <sighs> but I mean he did, you know, Animal House. And did, I mean he was and in then 80s he did director. coming to
2: America like that was yeah. his comeback.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, was written by Timothy Harris and Herschel Weingrod. What else did they write? Are these like Saturday night live people? I mean, obviously this is a Dan Aykroyd movie. Uh, oh, they were, uh, tw- trading places, twins, kindergarten cop. Ooh, space jam. <sighs> um, uh, but yeah, these are some guys. Uh, the film tells a story of an upper class commodities broker, Dan Aykroyd, and a poor street hustler, Eddie Murphy, whose lives cross when they are unwittingly made the subject of an elaborate bet to test how each man will perform when their life circumstances are swapped. I mean, it's a pretty simple and super racist premise. Like the like the racism in this movie is like. I mean, it's good, and it's there's no you know it's it's we can't pretend it's, that there aren't racist people, rich people in the world, but, but yeah, this is
2: a retelling of uh Twain's The Prince
3: and the Pauper that's
1: oh right like an
3: update of yeah, that's
2: what this is
1: yes,
3: it should uh, be the subtitle um and they should change it, you know how they like done away with gone with the wind and stuff they should call it uh, trading places subtitle, gratuitous boobs and racism
1: it. <laughs> The I will say that you miss that in movies. Like back in the day, in in the eighties in particular, there were just they would just show you breasts left and right in in Mm -hmm. movies, and you just don't see that anymore. Like it used to be. (laughs) No, it's that's gone by the wayside.
2: To me, the the thirty minute mark of this movie is the second place to Fast Times
3: Naked.
1: Oh, you're talking about you're talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. What a body!
3: Yes. Fantastic.
1: What a body. I mean, (laughs) unbelievable. Yeah.
3: And then to me, like an hour and 10 minutes into this movie is where every single movie in the 80s, uh, that one part when you knew that the extra supply of cocaine reached the writer's room. Yeah.
1: (laughs) What part is that, Jason?
3: Uh, somehow it becomes about a movie on a train with monkeys or. Gorillas. Oh, that's, and, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's that's when Al Franken shows up. So that, that actually kind of tracks. Um, there's there are a lot of people that kind of show up in this movie. Um, I do like the like tropes of like richness in this movie. Like when you're when you're growing up. In, in the 1980s, and this is before like you're exposed to everything and you don't know like about billionaires or, or, you know, any of this stuff now, the Kardashians and the, these days you're, you're, the wealth is just like shoved in your face all the time. You can't miss what the lives of rich people are like, but back in the eighties, you just kind of like fantasized about it. And it was, you know, there was lifestyles of the rich and famous and Robin Leach was somehow in his early forties. And he was telling you, he had that accent and he was telling you about yachts and shit and fucking Tahiti and whatever, but you didn't really think about it. And then they would make these movies and they would, they would play into the fantasy of a really rich person's life. And one of the, there's a couple things that really, really rich people in the eighties had going for them. They've got driven places in limousines. That was a big fucking deal. They all got driven places in limousines. And they had servants and the servants would do like lots of tasks, including often shaving the person for them. Like what's like, what was the deal with dudes always needing, not being able to do their own shaving once they reached a certain level of richness, everybody's like, Arthur was getting shaved and washed. And in this yes, one, it's
2: like an. In- Added, yeah. added degree of difficulty. Like, I, I would feel more vulnerable. Totally. With somebody sh- with an, like, a, st- and also with the straight edge razor.
1: Yeah. Everybody, everybody murder. in the 80s, everybody in the 80s needed to be shaved. And in this movie, it's no different. And, and what was up? So, the premise of the movie, right, is, is uh, just Dan Aykroyd Winthrop is a, he's a child of privilege, right? He went to Exeter, he went to Harvard. And he was just like set up to have this life, and he's a young guy. Whoa, shit! And he's killing it in the. He's so good.
3: He is a he is an amazing rich snob. He's great. He does a great acting job in this movie. He really does. Until he becomes a desperate poor man, I think he's a great rich guy.
1: He does. He even does like an accent. The way just the way he talks.
3: Yeah.
2: What do they call that? The mid Atlantic? Or yes. The, the rich yeah. person accent.
1: Yeah, he's got it, but he's he's a real rich guy, and he's already killed it. He's he's a commodities broker wonderkind. He just knows how to pick the pork bellies market. He knows what the markets are going to do, and so he's killing it working for this firm, Duke and Duke. What was up with the Dukes? That's what I want to know. It's Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy, and they're like <laughs> they're brothers, they're and they work bad. together. Yeah, they work together and they, like, live together and they're they're just, like, always together. Like, who wants to spend that, that much time with their brother? It's a lot. Yeah, it's too much. It's too and, much.
3: And the only thing that really seems to get them going are these little uh, bets between them, practical yeah. jokes. That's yep. what keeps them interested.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting, to, especially looking at things through the premise of today because, right, because – these days we have these disgusting people that are that are just toying with people via their wealth whether it's Bezos or who's the guy with the sweaters that with the mic with the shitty computers oh uh, Bill, Gates? Bill, Gates. Bill Gates Bill Gates all <laughs> Jason Apple the uh, all of those guys are just you know they're real pieces of shit and this is like a precursor to that where these these guys give no shits about anybody else except their own fucking wealth and making more money and everything's like you break this vase and but it's insured for more and so we get money out of that and you know this Winthrop guy not,
2: not just that yeah. they don't give any shits they have disdain for the lower class
1: um they they yeah.
2: dislike the lower class.
1: Um yeah, they do. They dislike the lower class and they they so but they decide, you know, they're just they're just like playing with people and eventually they decide to place a bet that whether it's nature or nurture, right? Is is the bet and and uh you know, that's we're we're introduced They call
3: it. They yeah. call it environment versus breeding. But as, yes, as my girlfriend yeah. pointed out, it's yeah. nature versus nurture.
1: Yeah. Breeding is, is a little tough, but we are introduced. So that's that's kind of the setup. And then about 10 minutes into the movie, we're introduced to the great Eddie Murphy. And just listen to this guy's genius.
0: Merry Christmas.
3: Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Vietnam did this to me, but I'm not bitter. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, yeah. How you doing? It's fair, four, one, of change.
2: My mama needs a life. I have no money to give you. Please, anything, please. a quarter,
3: anything, just a couple of dollars, anything, a quarter of a
0: nickel, please. Hey man, I really don't appreciate this. I don't care what it is, My Ham, anything, some it. Please. Thanks a lot. How you
3: like a stump up your ass? Stay
0: out of here. You got a lot of soul.
3: Appreciate it.
1: So Eddie Murphy's playing, he, you know, he's like a he's like a street hustler.
2: Yeah, he's pretending to be he's a paralyzed Vietnam vet, even yeah. though he's twenty two here. He's yeah. yeah, he's much too young
1: <laughs> to be. Do we have that? Hold on, I think I have that where he the, uh,
2: spe- the speech where he, where where he
3: talks to the cops.
1: Yes, yes, the cops. He's like, oh, you were a Nam. Me too.
3: But what we what we just heard was the very wealthy man does what. I guess everybody did to blind cripples who asked for (laughs) money. He hit him over the head with his was it his umbrella?
1: Yeah. He started beating
3: beating the guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he was assaulting him, which is what which is what rich guys do. And now these days they do that too, but it's via it's via their employment. Of the yeah. of the lower class, they assault That's them right. they, by not allowing them to see a doctor or take a break.
2: Nor will they allow them to form unions. So right, they, exactly. They so it's our working conditions.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a metaphor for what you see right um, now.
2: For anyone watching this movie, I I was like did some uh, research. Pretty much the money that they're talking about in this movie, you can double it. Like they said, oh, when Winthrop had a, a great move about pork bellies in the beginning of the movie to show he's a good, yeah. they said we just made an extra three hundred forty-seven thousand dollars. It would have been worth like almost seven hundred thousand,
1: right? Today. So, and right. and when they when they um when they give Billy Ray Valentine his come up, they're like, you're getting a limo, you're living in this. Uh, you know, mansion, brownstone. You're, you know, they're like setting them up, and they go, and we're gonna pay you. You're, you're gonna start at eighty thousand dollars a year,
3: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> so, it, it, you know, that just tells you the time. You know, like it was, uh, it um, was, you know, things have inflated. One
2: of, one of the scenes that I thought was hilarious. Um, they have a a black servant and they're trying to show how cheap these guys are. And yeah. they go, "I bet you thought I'd forgotten your Christmas bonus." And pulls out a $5 bill and yeah. the guy goes, "$5? Maybe I'll go to the movies by myself." Yeah. And, and then and then, and then the other one goes, "Half yeah. of it's for me." <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is pretty good. Okay, here's here's the then it progresses a little bit and here's where Eddie Murphy encounters the cops.
0: How you doing? Once you, want you have a man with no legs, you never go back, baby. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You see Parky and Beth? <laughs> we can make it, baby. Me and you. You bitch.
1: He's, he's doing the Stevie Wonder. Who's
3: that? Who's that? What you want? police who's that we have had some complaints about con men pretending to be blind and uh, ripple.
2: oh i'd love to help you man but i ain't seen nothing since i stepped on that landmine in vietnam back in 72 <laughs> it was rough that's painful you were in nam so
3: were we where
2: um i was in um sang bang <laughs> uh, uh i was all over that place basically a lot, uh-huh. a lot of places
0: what unit were you in
2: uh, I was with the Green Beret, uh, Special Unit Battalion, uh, Commando Airborne Tactics, Specialist Tactics uh, <laughs> Unit Battalion. Yeah, it was real hush-hush. I was Agent Orange. That was my name, Agent Orange. Special Agent Orange. That was me.
1: <laughs> this is where they expose that he actually does have legs.
0: I can see. <laughs> I can see. I have. L- I, can- I have legs.
3: Oh shit! Look at this, man! I can walk, Jesus! Praise Jesus! Oh, I appreciate this. Oh, this is beautiful! I can't
1: believe. Anyway, Thank that's God.
3: that's. It's that's like the it's
1: first introduction to Eddie Murphy.
3: It's like it's genius comedic acting. Like you, you kind of lose sight on how talented he was. I'm guessing that was largely improvised. Yeah, I would say and so too. Sang bang and dang gong. Oh, good. I, yeah. <laughs> Agent Orange. What was Agent yeah. Orange? Yeah, Agent Orange, which which what was the chemical that killed yes. a lot of
1: young kids the, up over yeah, there? It's with, yeah, exactly. It <laughs>
3: burned the jungles down with that.
1: Right, right, right. Um, um, yeah.
2: One of those cops was Agamemnon from Oz, like the one of the old guys in jail in the and the oh,
1: Oz. right. I was reading how like a lot of these guys, a lot of the like uh, other parts in this movie, the character parts are like Broadway guys. So Uh, both of those guys were Broadway guys. And throughout the movie, there's, there's lots of Broadway guys. What's his, I don't, I didn't get the, I didn't look up. He's like, have you ever been (laughs) once you've been with a man (laughs) with no legs, you never go back. (laughs) And then he goes, you ever see Porgy and Bess? I don't, I don't get the reference. Is that about, uh,
2: Porgy and Bess was, I, I think it was a romance between a, uh, I, I thought it was like uh, somebody in a I think People it was a, are,
3: a, like a black I no, I think it was wasn't it a black white poor it's G- saying that, It's it's saying it's a uh, an opera.
1: Oh, oh, oh cultural
3: black a
2: disabled uh, black street beggar living in the slums.
1: Go. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It looks kinda of problematic. Um so oh, so what else? The Dukes Hold on there's a I have a clip here of the where we get a little bit more on the Dukes oh
0: this is nothing wrong so this is the bet
1: he's Billy Ray Valentine is um, arrested falsely accused for trying to steal Winthrop's uh, briefcase.
0: That man he is a product him. of a poor
1: Yeah, it bumps into him, yeah. There's
0: absolutely nothing wrong with him. I can prove it. Of course there's something wrong with him.
3: He's a Negro. Probably been stealing since he could crawl. I mean...
1: How old? So Don Amici's one of the old guys here.
2: So I I read about I was reading about this movie um, a couple days ago. Don Amici, that he was like a he was a star in you know the the yeah. 40s. Yeah. Um they thought he was dead. And they found him <laughs> in the phone book. Um uh, I think Shut Landis up. like no, Landis was like, "Oh, I always liked Don Amici. And they looked him up in the phone book and found him. And what? He actually, and he's the nastiest. He's the nastier he's Duke. He and is. Yeah. Apparently, he was like, "I will not curse. I will not like disparage racially." And they're like, "Well, then you don't get the part." And he hadn't watched in <laughs> a long time, and he's like, "All right." And he did. He did all the scenes where he um, used foul language or racially insensitive. He did them all in one take.
1: Because oh, because he, right. he, he, he wouldn't he do it like again.
2: Doing it. So he's like actually a good dude and he hated doing this, but he's Playing so a piece good at the ultimate piece of shit.
1: Yeah, and this got him cocoon, right? This brought yeah, him back. Yeah.
2: yeah, he brought him back, but they thought he was dead.
1: I was going to say, how fucking old is this guy? Because, But I just looked it up. He was pretty fucking old. He was, he's born 1908, so he would have been like,
2: shit. Yeah, yeah, he, he would have been he was 70s, mid 70s. Yeah, seventy five.
1: Yeah, wow. middle seventies when they shot this. Then he did cocoon and he, he kicked off not long after that. Yeah.
3: For a guy for a guy that was hesitant to do anything uh racial or bad language, like they gave him some like cringe worthy uh deliveries. Yeah. I mean yeah. they some of the worst lines of the movie. Well,
1: yeah, yeah he's, he's got
3: he's the,
2: the biggest villain in the movie yeah he oh, had yeah. to
1: say he had to say that n word that he just said a few times and he and he was also the breeding guy like he's the guy that says you're you know you're born what you are and that's the that's the bet right um did you guys notice when when uh Billy Ray Valentine's in the holding cell oh, which is yes. also I don't want to just keep playing scenes but I mean that's also fucking genius he's holding court in the in the holding cell, did you see? Did you notice who was in the cell with him? Gus Fring. Yes, Gus Fring. Absolutely.
3: A young, very young Gus. Dean yeah. Carlo.
1: Speak is, he's like the opposite of how fucking old is this guy? I mean, this guy was, this guy's in movies in 1983, and he's working today. Looks great. Looks fantastic.
3: A career um, to be proud of. By the way,
1: I'll say, guy works. Yeah, um oh another one who's um, Ed of course you'll know this Oh
2: yes the the the, the jail the cell. prison
1: guard yes yeah. who's that
2: Jim Walsh
1: Jim Walsh
2: James from Eckhouse?
1: Yes from Beverly Hills 90210 Jason Jason Ed Daly is an expert in Beverly Hills 90210. Were you were you a Beverly Hills 90210 watcher in high school, or were you cool like me?
3: No, I definitely watched it. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I was religiously watching it, and I know all the characters and stuff. But See, I yeah, I'm from Um how,
1: Yeah,
2: how about when when they're when they maybe I'm jumping ahead when they they bail them out of uh, jail. And they go. You were from a broken home, weren't you? And he goes, Yeah, we was broke. So what? <laughs> yeah, the
1: same. Well, they uh, then they take him back, and they go. They let him. Uh, you know, he's stunned by the jacuzzi, and and much like Scarface, we need to bring this back. Carpeting around our tub areas. Yeah. The. the the jacuzzi is sunken into the carpet and it's a nice detail. I like it. Much like what Tony Montana had at his place. The the I, sunken tub. Yep.
2: I just looked up Ralph Bellamy, the other Duke brother. He founded the Screen Actors Guild.
1: Unbelievable. He was <laughs> he was super he goddamn old too. Yeah. These dudes I, were not young.
3: I like when they uh when they pull Eddie Murphy in and and tell him you know, tell him what he's going to be given. He's going to be given all these opportunities. And Murphy leans in to the black uh, limo driver. That's so and good. Among other things, he says, These dudes a couple of faggots, huh?
1: Yeah, that's, I actually have that here. I'll play it. <laughs> he takes a handful of Monte Cristos. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Hey, man, who are y'all? What y'all want with me? We want to help you, Mr. Valentine. My brother and I run a privately funded program
0: to rehabilitate culturally disadvantaged people. We'd like to supply you with a home of your own, a car, a generous bank account, and employment with our company. We're going to start you at $80,000 a year.
3: $80,000? Mm.
1: Excuse me. He leans forward to the driver who's black.
2: <laughs> this is a practical joke,
1: right, Brian? He just shakes just his head.
2: Shrugs. Yeah, sure. Yeah. he's doing a couple of faggots in, huh?
0: <laughs> <It's>, you <laughs> can What's see. My Ooh, man.
1: Thank you. You've been helpful. <laughs> you can see the same, the, the limo driver does the same thing as the cops, where it's he's acting, but you could tell he's trying not to break <laughs> the whole time. The cops are like yeah. about to laugh too. Um. um so, I, yeah.
2: I, I, I'm i sorry to slow us down but a couple of the scenes with Giancarlo Esposito in, the, in jail the, there are so many good lines because I think he's he's riffing again when he's talking about um, how he got into a big fight and the, the big guys in jail are like yeah you're lying and he's like you know I don't see you with any bruises he goes I'm a karate man and karate <laughs> man bruise on the inside and then the one guy stands up he's like it ain't cool being no jive turkey so close to yeah. Thanksgiving. I love that.
1: So good. And those two characters' names are Big Black Guy and Bigger Black Guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, they show him the jacuzzi. He goes, you ain't jacuzzi nobody. Because
1: <laughs> he didn't know who it yeah. was. It yeah. Um, what else? He's So they set him up, right? He uh, Or they set up Dan Aykroyd. And who sets him up? But um, principal, I mean, vice principal, he was. Yeah, Paul Gleason. What's his name? in Breakfast Club, vice principal, Vernon. Something. Vernon. Vernon. Um, he he's there. Die he's, hard. I mean, he's yeah. Everything. He's great. He's great in this movie. Um, he really like brings sort of the um the the darkness, the to it as part of the villain crew. <laughs>
3: What's his name? Uh, is it Beaks? Something Beaks? Yeah,
1: Clarence Beaks. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he definitely takes this movie to another level. Um, we have a, I, I, when he's in the train with the gorilla, we got to get to that, obviously. But it's like, I, th- this guy's, uh, the arc of this character is just wild.
1: Yeah, it really is. It really is. He's, he's a dirty tricks guy. And then he ends up, he ends up in a relationship with a silverback.
2: He, I, I read he was based on G Gordon Liddy. One of Nixon. Oh, that movies. makes
1: sense. That makes sense. The goon squad. And
2: they actually approached him to be in the movie. And Liddy's like, no, nah, cause I don't want to, I don't want to get uh, taken down by a gorilla.
1: Well, that was, that was that also G Gordon Liddy, I think was very tiny. He was quite a small man. Um, uh, but that was that was not long after he got out of the joint, right? Like
2: Probably, yeah. Because this is early eighties.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um that would have been good though. But I mean Paul Gleason's great. There's a lot of the guy the guy that plays Coleman.
2: Denim Elliott, uh Marcus yes. Brody from Indiana Jones.
1: Yes, he's fantastic. Unfortunately,
2: unfortunately, he died of AIDS, and three characters in this movie died of AIDS. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the other two later, but yeah, there were sadly I mean that just shows this was uh this was a big 80s thing, AIDS, and like well, kids today don't just they don't know yeah. about AIDS.
1: They you know that is that is true. We just did um we just did Scarface. And the one guy was like, "Oh, the one guy that plays like the drug dealer in in Peru or Bolivia?" Yes. Yes. I'm like, oh man, this guy's so handsome. He probably did. Uh, he probably did a bunch of other movies. And then I look him up while we're watching it, and he died of AIDS like four years later. Right. It was. Uh, yeah, it was a real plague. But this, particularly but the in the supporting the
2: arts. actors throughout this movie, I think it's what elevates it to a great movie. Because people who have one scene are fantastic. Yeah. There's so many good. Frank Oz is at the jail. Oh, he's
1: great. He's great. That's, he,
2: that's the voice of Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Yoda. Yep. And he he's great just taunting uh he, uh Winthorpe.
1: He plays the exact same part in uh in the Blues Brothers, where he's where he's going through the the personal effects in the jail, which is great. Also, PCP just such an '80s drug. I love that he's able to taste that it's PCP because he finds a bag of powder, and you're immediately assuming cocaine. And he tastes it, and he's like, "This is PCP. I miss old PCP." You never it hear about PCP. Like
2: super strong, right? It made you very. It's like it was like the cooler meth.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's you didn't feel anything. That was that was the whole Rodney King thing, where the Rodney King cops are like, "Look, we had we had to keep beating him nearly to death because." we thought he was on PCP. That was like that was like the boogeyman. I don't think it actually did make you like super strong. I think that was just one of those things that cops would say. Yes, exactly. That's exactly um, right. Are you, yeah. are you guys like me and it,
2: so uh Aykroyd, Winthorpe's girlfriend or maybe even fiance did were you like me and looking her up and be like where has she been? And this was like it for her.
1: Yeah, yeah. I did look at that. And, Cause I you watched know, it on Amazon. Um, yeah, that was like all up. she did. Yeah, um, but Jamie Lee Curtis shows up, right? Right. She, and she,
2: she kisses him when he gets out of jail.
1: Yeah, she gets. She gets. Paul Gleason, Clarence Beaker gives her a hundred bucks to go like make him break basically break him up with his girlfriend, say she's like been banging him. The whole eighties concept of a hooker is kind of good.
3: By the way, um yeah I I just watched like the uh kind of recent um sequels of Halloween. The last two Halloween's have Jamie and Curtis, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, right. and I'm not sure how old she is in her in her sixties. God yeah. bless her, still getting work and stuff. Uh, it's just amazing to see the contrast of a nineteen ninety three in uh, nineteen eighty three Jamie Lee Curtis and and then the most recent Halloween's Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, you she's, are she's an older old lady now.
1: You are surprised by the passage of time, Jason? Not, no,
3: no, I'm not surprised by the passage <laughs> yeah. of time, but just the I, I just can't believe the contrast. Well, like, you you look at the Halloween Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, and. I, I watched it with a you know a, a sixteen year old, and I'm like, that she used to be a sex symbol, and it's just almost impossible to. to but
2: make that was
1: forty years ago, Jason. I
3: know. <laughs> um, think
2: about one, it. The one thing I'll say is, you know how like when you you're on Hulu or one of these these uh, streaming things, and it's yeah. seasonal, and they say watch. um, Oh, there's horror like at Halloween. Hey, check out these horror movies and i checked out the birds i hadn't oh, seen yeah. it in many years yeah and Jamie lee curtis's mom like yeah. they just wore different clothes but yeah she she she, she was took hot too her mom her, her yeah. mom was really hot
1: in- you know i mean it wasn't an accident that uh hitchcock you know hitchcock was grabby hitchcock yeah. was the, you know he was old school
2: he was, school. A, he, was a, he was a bad dude
1: yeah so if you're going to be a bad dude It wasn't an accident that like Tippi Hedren and, you know, these, these beautiful actresses were, uh, were in his movies. Oh no, I'm sorry. Not, not, not the Psycho. 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 Yeah. Yeah. um, Janet Lee. Yeah. The, uh, it wasn't an accident that he would, that he would, uh, he would cast these. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho is psycho easily one of the most terrifying movies still to this day.
2: Oh, I was, I was like, scared watching that no it's it's legit
1: scary tony perkins speaking of aids AIDS. tony perkins so fucking weird and creepy and scary and then the and then the reveal of his of his dead mother in the rocking chair at the end oh my god disgusting so scary
3: it's this podcast has come full circle this was released the same week as Psycho Two. Psycho movie, Two. Everyone yeah. remembers.
1: It's a little yeah. bit different. Jason, I still I love that you you're the guy that tweets once a month with and the punchline of your tweet is people that don't understand the passage of time. And then you're like then you do this podcast and you're like, I was watching Halloween and I can't yeah. believe that Jamie Lee Curtis is much older than she used to be.
3: There's like a, if, if you were to watch a Raquel Welsh movie in yeah. like the 90s or something, yeah. yeah. Like, there's still some like really, like, yeah. you could tell, you could tell by looking at her. Yeah. She must have been something when she was in her 20s. Right. Uh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis said that, that took a turn at some
1: point.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, in, in the, uh, what's the Schwarzenegger movie? She's, she's hot in that. It's true lies. Playing the mom. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's like the, early, that's like 10 years after this.
2: But I'm saying she, yeah, she aged no. and like, yeah, she's allowed to be in her 60s. She's like a nice grandmother now. I mean, like nice... she,
1: I had I had forgotten in this movie. She's like the body champ. The the champ. Like,
2: um. By the way, <laughs> she, mean, she's married. She's married to Chris Guest. And yeah. his brother is one of the snobs at the Heritage Club.
1: Right. Todd and the boys. Of course, one of them's yeah. called Todd.
2: <laughs> yeah. And who is also the neighbor in Christmas Vacation is the same guy right oh yeah todd and margo
1: yes Uh, another Um, another todd something that interests me so they you know they set winthrop winthrop up he gets busted for pcp he's you know um jamie lee curtis is a hooker with a heart of gold which was which was a common trope in the 1980s and she takes him in she takes care of him and uh you know, he can't go to the bank. They cut up his credit cards. This is back when having credit cards was a big deal. He's like, they don't just give these away, you know, and he shows like his diners club and everything. And then and when you it get was... to
2: college, the first day of college, and they're like, hey, <laughs> you can get yes. a credit card and a t-shirt and a t-shirt you away your life.
1: Hey, do you need, do you need a soft sided cooler? Because I'll give you one if you just sign this fucking American <laughs> Express thing.
2: We will ruin your credit rating, but you'll get a t-shirt and a yeah. soft sided cooler.
1: The um the, one thing that I kind of had an issue with, and this movie's great. I would recommend it to anybody. The uh, one thing that I did kind of have an issue with. So Winthrop, you know, the Dukes, look, they're older guys. They live together. I, I wouldn't surprise That's me if they sh- shared a bed. Yeah. If they showered yeah. together. If they. they
2: are like Charlie Bucket's grandparents. Like, I could see something going on. In the
1: yeah. Bedroom. Yeah. It's like a Chang and Ang situation. Like, you know, how about. <laughs> Hey Mortimer, how about a little hand release just for the just for the old you think, times, you know?
2: We've done 401 episodes. Do you think Chang and Ang are the the highest mentioned people or is it the motorcycle twins?
1: I never get I never get sick of Chang and Ang. Hey, hey.
2: I don't either. I'm just nope. saying like they yeah. come out a disproportionate oh, amount they're great. of time.
1: They're great. I love them. I was I was I can't ha- remember how it came up, but I was like out like running errands and we we're in Costco the other day with my daughter and I can't remember how uh how it came up but i i found myself telling her all the facts i knew about chang and Eng as as we walked through costco i don't know i just sure you know
2: was, i'm sure yes. she was riveted
1: yes i don't i think we were talking about <laughs> twins and how scary twins were and like sharing a bathroom or something and i'm like well you know chang and Eng, they were both married <laughs> they they both had wives they had separate wives and they and they were farmers you know yes <laughs> It's like they had to do everything together, including with their wives in the room. It's you know they were set. They were. Right. Walter Hudson also appears often on the show. We shouldn't. Yeah, he does. J- J- Jason Stewart, are you familiar with Walter Hudson? And of course, Robert Wadlow. They shared a page. Oh,
2: yeah, he comes up a lot.
1: Yeah, oh, he was so tall.
3: I I can't say that's in my area of expertise. What
2: this is? Oh, is it like Teen Wolf? What. Guinness book,
3: like when, no, when you're a kid, teen Wolf. You know? yeah. By the way, Teen Wolf, I was there for the podcast. I know Teen
1: Wolf, but you didn't know Styles. I think there was something very specific about Teen Wolf you didn't know, yeah.
3: It was Styles, it was definitely it's, it was Styles, but Styles. uh, no, I, this Are isn't my, in my range of expertise. It's Chang and Ang and all the all, well, all how about the brothers. Oh, you didn't look at the book, twins? do you? Yeah, do you know the motorcycle twins? Of
1: course, you do. The McCrory,
3: of course I know them, of course, I know
1: them. The McCrory brothers. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> um. So, but my issue here is Coleman. They they do the old switcheroo on on Winthrop. They fuck him over, and he's like, and, and he's gets, yeah, Winthrop What I say?
2: You keep saying Winthrop, but it's Winthorpe.
1: Oh, same diff. Winth, Winthorpe, Winthorpe, and gets he gets a ride from Jamie Lee Curtis, Ophelia, and he's like, look. Don't worry about it. We're going to get to my big ass mansion. And when we get there, my, uh, my Butler, he'll give you 50 bucks for the ride. So don't, don't even sweat it. And he, and that's when he shows off his, his credit cards and then he gets to his house and he's, his key doesn't work. You know, that's kind of a tell. And then he knocks on the door and when is it throw or Thorpe? Thorpe when Thorpe answers Oh, no, not Winthorpe. Coleman answers the door and it's got like that little chain on the thing. And then he's like, he's like, hey, Coleman, it's me. I don't know, my key, go ahead and let me in. And Coleman's like, who the fuck are you, asshole? I don't know you. And he's like, what the fuck? He's like, no, come on, Coleman, stop fucking around. And he's like, look, he's like, if you, you know, persist here, I'm going to have to call the police. Kind of a dick move on Coleman's part. I realize he's, he's, he serves at the, at the whim of the Duke brothers, Randolph and Mortimer. But what's, what's in it for him to, to participate in this?
2: So I, I mean, yes, he's, he, their, their whole plan relies on Coleman doing serious acting, which was the flaw of that TV show, Heart to Heart. Their butler was always involved. Max, Max.
1: But do you, do you think, do you think Mr. Hart would come home from long day of solving crime and just sit back on the couch and be like, Hey, Max, I need you to take care of something. And Max would be like, Oh yeah, no problem. Mr. Hart. Right right away. Mr. H. He's like, he's like spit or no spit. You want to go dry today? Mr. H, whatever you need. Hey, freeway, come watch this. Um, but, But
2: what I would say is they establish early on when, he he spends time making a crepe or something and then yes. Aykroyd yeah. is like yeah you can have it i don't i don't i don't care whatsoever so they, they establish that winthorpe is shitty to him and it's why yeah. he quickly takes to valentine because Eddie murphy's character is like really nice to him like he right. he, he likes the the guy
1: Man and the people, yeah. He's he's sitting there. He's making crepes for dessert after he and Penelope have had their lobster thermidor. This really plays into the trope that rich people have lobster at every meal. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing but just big old fucking lobsters on everybody's plate on, <laughs> in every scene because that's all rich people eat. Apparently, the first, the
2: first time I had lobster, I remember thinking like, "Oh, only rich people eat this. This is that's <laughs> yeah, pretty
3: big time."
1: <laughs> Turns out it was prisoner food. <laughs> originally sea bugs. Yeah. Um, but,
3: the, but yeah, the thing about Coleman, um, completely dismissing, uh, Winthorpe is yeah. that, Winthorpe, that or Win- the pro-
0: Winthorpe, the problem,
3: the problem is, is that when Winthorpe re-engages with Coleman later, there isn't any discussion about yes. this, this, this little disc job. Like that was so kind of weird how he, he was so cold to him, but then so, uh, welcoming and they completely forgot about it when they have to be a team again.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, there I, was I no, think
3: I
2: I have to think they deleted a scene. It, Eddie Murphy Coleman loves him. Yeah. So I think Valentine was like, you know what? The, the Dukes are doing us, both of us dirty and they're going to fire me anyway. So Coleman come along with me and we'll, we'll help. Uh,
1: yeah, they do. They do kind of allude to that when he's like getting choked out by Winthorpe. That, you know and then he explains that he explains the plan they probably you're right there probably was just something and they could they should have left that in to kind of like show the the bringing back together of of the, uh, and, and Winthorpe
3: you guys did miss the uh yet another uh completely excessive line by amici um when Eddie oh, Murphy's in the, the bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when the, he's in bathtub and he makes the famous line about when we were young to make bubbles in a bathtub, we had to fart. Um, that that's when Amici followed up with the. Uh, they are very musical people, aren't they? <laughs> yes, to that his was, brother.
1: Yes. Look, Amici needed the work, and you got to have a bad guy. You know, you got to if you're gonna if you're gonna explore racism, somebody's got to play the racist. You know, it's not it's, it's not his fault.
2: What we know about Papa John. It took him like yeah, almost two years. Twenty months. It almost yeah. took him two years to get rid of the N word from his vocabulary. It's and true. as bad as Amici is, uh, 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 is he Randolph? I think he's Randolph Duke. Yeah, like, yeah. He doesn't drop nearly as many N bombs as Papa John did. So I
1: believe he. I believe he only says it the one time, and it's late in the movie. The yeah. He uses the.
3: Oh he, no, I, I think he uses it at least twice, well, and I says, think that he says
2: "negro." Yeah, he says
1: "negro" comments. quite a bit, but I, I right the actual I think hard he, I
2: think the he hard, says, yeah,
1: the hard R. I, I, I think he only says it once.
2: I agree with you. I think yeah. it's just the last, but yeah. Um, so so you know to to speed it along, so they immediately plug Valentine into this to uh winthorpe's world like rich penthouse or not penthouse but like a a row house like this beautiful house and he 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 gets he has that party and he invites the people from the neighborhood in and he immediately is like you guys aren't respecting myself who's been putting out their cools on my floor
1: yeah no it's great yes haven't (laughs) you people
2: ever heard of coasters
1: yeah he yeah he goes upstairs and one of the chicks from the bar is nude with her titties out in bed, and she's like, "I've been waiting for you, Billy Ray," and he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!"
2: Yeah, put your clothes. But what'd on. What'd she do? What'd she do? She just, just doesn't like. He doesn't like the res- the disrespect of everybody.
1: I so, agree, but she, I feel like she gets caught up in the crowd because yes, the other people were were pouring out their Hennessy and and messing up his house and smoking inside and stuff, but she and was just out their
2: cools on his. Persian road yeah. from Persia.
1: She, yeah, she was just waiting in bed to fuck him. Like there's nothing wrong with what she did. I feel like she just got got caught up in the stink of the group.
3: And yeah. But it's 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 obvious that if if you're gonna throw like a rich house party in the mid to you know early to mid eighties, at some point the party reaches this like level of coke uh consumption yeah. or alcohol yep. or whatever where women yep. just Take off their tops where they weren't really wearing a bra, anyways.
1: Yeah, they were disc. They just disco dance, yeah. and if you're going to disco dance, yeah. apparently a shirt gets in the way. So you're like, <laughs> oh my god, if I'm going to disco dance, this shirt is fucking up my game here. And you just take it right off and just let the Pointer Sisters play and just dance with those titties out.
2: <laughs> so parties like this and the party in the beginning of Teen Wolf really had my expectations of adult or even totally.
3: life. Just out yes.
2: of whack. This is I've i yet to be at this party.
1: Um. Yeah. Same.
3: And I will I will I will say this. So the um, I will say this. The, the movie did a real rush job on Eddie Murphy being you know from a broken home. Yes. And he was poor and pretending to be crippled and blind and had nothing in wife. They did a real rush job in going from that status to responsible rich guy. Like he, there, wasn't he, a, there wasn't a there wasn't a long arc in that one. Basically, by the end of this twenty minute party, he became a very responsible rich guy.
1: That's true. That's true. And also, he's see, a bit of a commodities making, savant.
2: But isn't it making the point that like yeah, you plug somebody into the these opportunities, and it's true, you don't need the Harvard education. You just that's right. I mean, my experience on Wall Street is there were plenty of people that were steakheads that made shitloads of cash because they just just did what they did. But when the Dukes sit Eddie Murphy down and they explain to him what commodities trading is, is such a a good moment when they're like coffee that you had for breakfast, wheat, which is used to make bread, and then pork bellies, (laughs) which is used to make bacon. Which you might find in a bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. He just (laughs) he stares at the camera.
1: Yes, yes, he breaks the fourth wall. He just he (laughs) like look. He does that look, and you know that that was just so. You know, he obviously he wasn't meant to look directly at the camera, but when they're shooting it, they're like, oh my god, he just did that, and they're like, we have to leave that in the movie. It's no, it's great.
3: I want to think that became an Eddie Murphy signature. Wasn't there a, uh, a Beverly Hills cop scene like yes. that or something? Yeah,
1: I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, that that's true. Uh, one thing that I thought was weird was like before, um, before Winthorpe links up with Billy Ray, he goes, you know, he, the bank fucks him over. Like nothing's working out. And he's like, don't worry. He's like, I'll go to the club and I'll meet up with Todd and the boys and they'll help me out. And there's Todd and Penelope and everybody's there at the table and they're playing squash and doing what rich people do at clubs. And he's like, Oh guys, I can't, you know, I can't believe this is, you know, happened to me. Obviously I've been framed. I just need you guys to, you know, float me a couple bucks to uh, get back on my feet and I'll, and this will all get worked out. And all his rich Philadelphia fucking commodities, trading buddies, prep school buddies are disgusted because he was caught with drugs. They're like, he, "Oh, he's, you're but he's selling wearing,
2: like, used clothes, he, right?" But and also, well, don't Todd, you, Todd yeah. wants Penelope, so that's that's the way to get Winthorpe or out of there. But
1: but is aren't people in that place in life a little typically a little? More easygoing about substances.
3: Recreational or, drugs. I yeah. I absolutely. think their issue was their issue was the dealing. Like the, oh, I
2: think right. that's what they call it. Right. Because he's was rich already. Room. Yeah. That's a
1: that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. He's dealing.
2: Um, nobody wants you to buy your drugs here, Louie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Um
3: I how about this? How about so you know, we're introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis. He talks her into taking her uh, home uh, with her. And I don't get it. Like Jamie Lee Curtis is far too sweet and uh, conducive and like try- and catering to him. He does nothing to deserve any of that. Like, he doesn't I deserve her. The same
1: thing. At all. I have a note here. What does Jamie Lee Curtis see in Winthorpe?
3: Because nothing.
2: I think she I think she believes him. I think she thinks I mean she she clearly she's talking about T bills and stuff, and she feels his hands and knows he's he is not you know, he's not your typical street wise guy. He's got soft hands, he's never done a hard day's work, and and so I she yeah. talks about he's an
3: investment to her. Well, I, I mean yeah. I will say this she doesn't really drive a hard bargain because she says and um, this is going to be our business proposition, right? I'm going to feed you and you're going to yeah. be able to live under my roof. And in exchange for this, yes. at the end of this, I'm going to get five figures.
1: I knew you'd key in on this.
3: Now, now she doesn't say anything other than five figures. So that's a range of $10,000. And nine ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine. That's a really big range. Huge
1: range. Huge range. <laughs> I I might but, think about like nailing that down a little bit because agreed. I'm thinking ten thousand.
2: Yeah. Agreed, but she didn't give him full access. I mean, the famous scene, and it was it's the one hour mark I wrote down. But by the way, food and rent are not the only things around here that cost money. <laughs> and that's when she shuts yeah. the door on him after showing the goods.
1: Yeah, she just gets her tits out right there. She's like, hey, let me just check out my tits in the mirror right now. And then, um, but not fuck you. Like, but it was seriously, great. Can you
2: think of a better 80s nude scene be- besides nah. Fast Times? And then this. This is the second
1: best. Well, nude scene. the other one we did, just one of the guys. Those are the mm. three, I would say. Just one of the what? guys, Phoebe Cates and JLC. And
3: there was a... There was this thing where my dad got, like, one of the early VCRs, I want to say. yeah, he did. And we would would just record HBO movies. We didn't really go and get movies as much as, like, we recorded HBO movies and just
1: watched them over and over and over. You had a VCR and HBO? We get it, Jason. You grew up rich.
2: (laughs) I I didn't have cable until, like, sophomore year in high school.
1: Yeah, same. We we got but, cable, but we had fucking basic cable, and I'm like, you fucking guys, like all my friends have HBO and Showtime and shit, and they show tits late at night, and my parents were just like, nope. But Damn, I would no, love to categor- see.
3: Yeah. I would.
1: Yeah,
3: I would love to see the actual physical videotape of when she first takes her her top off to see if it's like completely worn out.
1: Yeah, it's worn out in that cause, spot because that that that's with- the thing that yeah. The problem with
3: VCRs,
2: also, the pauses were all janky. It's not like digital where you pause it and it's the exact frame. You get like the shaky... Yeah, I mean, any port in a storm, you take what you can get those days, but...
1: No, you'd have to pause. You'd have to, like, keep clicking pause so that the static line would, like, move down the screen as the tape advanced. Right. So you exactly. would, like, still – because, like, the static could be right across the tits, but you pause, 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 and then it would move down, and hopefully you could get a nice, clear picture of some beautiful breasts.
2: And uh, and then he he's desperate, and he goes to a uh, pawn shop, uh, Winthorpe. Yeah. And you get yeah. another cameo, Bo, Bo Diddley. Diddley.
1: Yeah, amazing.
2: And he's he's selling this watch, and he goes, uh, "What? Is he the, the watch? The watch can tell time in Monte Carlo, Beverly Hills, London, Paris, Rome, and Stodd." <laughs> <In> Phila- <laughs> and he goes, "In Philadelphia, it's worth fifty bucks."
1: Hey fam, there's still a lot more of this episode to hear, but it's only available to our bonus content subscribers. Click the link in the show notes or go to the ballerlifestyle.com and subscribe so you never miss a minute of the show. TBLS, hell yes, the lifestyle's baller. Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do with Easy Ed Daily and a man, Jay and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever talking loud comas commanders my brothers growd you with some movies and shows and others top podcast man no one is above us five star even the haters a love us and we're not trying to talk politics a lot we'd much rather talk about dicks a lot shit so hot man you know the shit's on top top podcast man it really hits
0: the spot at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies